Hi, welcome to Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. I want to give a quick shout out to Mr. Jim Eadie and his team at swineweb.com. Swineweb.com was instrumental in helping us to set up this podcast series. And Jim has been an absolute treat to work with um, over the first couple of months as we started to push out content. Um, please go take a second and visit his website at swineweb.com. It's a great repository of information, not only for this podcast, but other podcasts in the swine industry, as well as all the daily articles and publications that, that, that we all see. Uh, so go over to swineweb.com, check it out. Tell them that uh, Swine Doc Pod with Carthage sent you. I am excited to bring you an episode today on the modern swine veterinarian experience. We have with us Dr. Megan Bloomer with Carthage Veterinary Service. And Dr. Megan is uh, one of our younger veterinarians on the team. And we have talked her into telling us her story, her journey of growing up, developing an interest in, in veterinary medicine in general, and then specifically, how do you break through and become a pig veterinarian in today's industry? Megan, thank you very much for joining us. Dr. Clayton, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Well, welcome to the worldwide podcast studios of Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. Um, first time that we've had you on, but I hope it's the first time of many. And as I mentioned, I am super excited to talk to you today, Megan. Um, we're both graduates of the University of Illinois. We're both born and raised in Illinois. We both love to hunt and be outdoors in our spare time. I mean, we have got a ton in common, yet at the same time, we have arrived at our careers as swine veterinarians in different ways. And I know um, that you didn't grow up on a pig farm. You didn't grow up in the industry, and it was exposure later in life to the pig production industry that really got you interested in being a pig veterinarian. So my, my first question to you is, how does that happen, Megan? How do you go in such a short amount of time from, I want to be a veterinarian, to, ooh, I just met this whole pig farming thing, and that's really cool, and you went straight out of school, not only as a pig veterinarian 100% right away, but a very well-decorated one, one who'd given presentations, won a awards as a student. How do you make all that happen? That's a great question, Clayton. Um, I'll start sort of at the beginning. Um, so I did not grow up on a farm. I grew up near Bloomington, Illinois. I went to Hayworth. Um, I was very fortunate to have a uh, very great FFA teacher there. Um, really got me exposed to agriculture, really um, grew an appreciation for the agriculture industry, specifically animals. Um, and I also grew up, uh, like you mentioned before, hunting and fishing on our uh, family cabin out near Mount Sterling, Illinois, actually not too far from Carthage. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that's really what got me exposed to, to agriculture. And I really started to develop a love for it. Um, and my family's from near Effingham. And my grandma had a good relationship with the Effingham Veterinary Clinic, which is actually the first exposure to veterinary medicine I had. Um, I got to shadow some of the veterinarians there get exposed to the mixed animal. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting. I really liked the opportunities that they had to go out to the farms, visit with the producers, um, spend time with the animals. I thought that the, the large animal side of veterinary medicine was what I was interested in, um, in high school, right? You know, no one exactly knows what they want to do in high school, but that was my little thought. Um, had the opportunity to go to undergrad at the University of Illinois from 2012 to 2016. Um, that's when I really solidified that I wanted to do veterinary medicine. Um, I really liked the animal agriculture part of it. 
uh, I was able to go to Dixon Springs and do a beef cattle internship one summer. Uh, that was a pretty cool opportunity. I'd never really been around anything like that before. Um, and then started looking a little more out at the veterinary application. Um, wanted to diversify my knowledge, not just, you know, uh, veterinary experience at clinics and uh, beef cattle, but also wanted to do, look into a little bit of swine. Um, and actually Carthage had a research internship um, that I did in the summer of 2015. Uh, so seven years ago now, which is crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, so between my junior and senior year of undergrad, I came over to Carthage where I now live. So came full circle and uh, did a research internship and just really, really enjoyed the opportunity to work with pigs and the people. And um, that was just great opportunity there. Awesome. So it sounds like it wasn't a, you know, a journey of one step. It was a journey of many steps where you get, you know, a little bit of exposure and you find something you like and you say, all right, I want to sign up for more than that, more of that. Um, I want to go back to, to high school and you mentioned FFA, which I'm sure that many of our listeners have very fond memories of their own FFA experience. Talk to us a little bit more in depth about your FFA experience, Megan. Were you, were you an officer? Um, was there specific mentors within FFA that really helped you? And then what were some of the skills in FFA that you kind of built a foundation with that still help you in your role as a pig veterinarian today? Yeah, so that's a great question, Clayton. Um, so in FFA, I was very timid my freshman and sophomore years of high school. Um, very, very soft-spoken. Um, and my ag teacher, Mr. Justin Nutter, um, he really helped push me to go to a lot of different uh, career development events or CDEs, um, just had the opportunity to learn a lot of different skills that I wouldn't have had if I didn't do FFA. Um, and I actually did my, uh, everyone does a record book in FFA, just a project that they do. Um, mine was wildlife management, actually, which was pretty nice because we went out to our family cabin all the time. And so I was able to actually do my record book on that, like um, conserving wildlife and um, CRP and, you know, different activities with that. So that was a really great opportunity. Um, and I had the chance to actually go to state with my record book on um, my junior year of high school. I won. So that was, that was a pretty cool experience. Um, Got to beat out the boys, you know, a little bit of pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so, so when you win that, what's, what's, what's the award look like? Is there a financial component to it? Is it just kind of a resume builder? Do you get a cool trophy or a ribbon? Um, so with that, I don't think there was a financial part to that. Um, it's been a couple of years though, but, uh, at the Illinois state convention, you got to go onto stage, um, your name was read. And then also you get a little plaque, um, with that. So that was pretty neat. Um, and then along with that for FFA, my senior year, I was our chapter FFA president, as well as the section nine FFA president. Um, and that was a really, really great opportunity for myself um, to just push myself out of my shell and really learn to interact more with people, um, be more organized. Um, and I thought that it, it was just such a wonderful opportunity. And with the being a section nine president, if you're a section officer, um, you automatically get a $10,000 scholarship to the university of Illinois. Mm. Um, so that was, it wasn't the main reason I chose to go there, but definitely a contributing factor. You know, you automatically get a pretty good chunk of scholarship towards that. Yeah. And at the university of Illinois, scholarships are really hard to come by. So that's a, that's a pretty significant offer right there. Right. You mentioned that you did a, an internship as a part of your undergrad program. 
how did you go about finding internship opportunities within the swine industry when you were an undergrad? Yeah, so when I was an undergrad, we actually had a class um, where we were trying to learn how to like build resumes and reach out for cover letters. Um, and so I had researched through the University of Illinois career website, um, just like agriculture internships and actually the Carthage internship showed up. Um, so I had already had like a, a resume and a cover letter written up ironically, and then I actually decided to apply for it. Um, but there's a lot of avenues that the University of Illinois Career Center has. Um, and then I was also at 4-H House. And so there was a lot of um, women there around my age or a little older who had had similar internship experiences and had um, words of wisdom on different areas that you could go. How much does that peer feedback or maybe, you know, peers that are a couple of years ahead of you influence what internship that you, you accept? I, I would assume there's some conversation about, well, yeah, here's the internship I did and thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. I mean, is that a pretty heavy um, piece of criteria when you go to make the decision on which one that you're actually going to do? Or is it more kind of location specific and, well, this one's got a little better salary than the other one. So I'm going to go do that one no matter what somebody said about it. How do you, how do you incorporate? the feedback from personal experience from some of your peers into that decision-making? Yeah, so I would say peer, peer advice for me um, was a major decision in one of my internships. So the Dixon Springs internship, I actually had three friends who had gone through that the three prior years and just talked about how great of an opportunity it was and they learned a lot. Um, so that was a major factor in that internship, um, just getting feedback from people, you know, is it worth it? You know, because I was like, four hours from home? Is it worth being that far away? Is there stuff to do in the area? Sure. Um, just getting those types of feedback. Um, with the, the Carthage internship, I didn't really, hadn't really interacted with anyone who had done that internship before, but it seemed like a really good opportunity to expose myself to the swine industry. Um, and I actually remember on the phone with um, Dr. Laura Greiner, just sort of talking with her during my interview. And I was like, you know, like I've never been around swine before. Like I was really worried that that would like cut me out of the competition. And she's like, no, that's great. Like we love being able to teach people who have no exposure. Um, and truly it was such an amazing experience. Everyone was so willing to teach you. Um, and just, I'm just very thankful. I had the, had the opportunity that they took the chance on me. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I love about the industry is you mentioned Dr. Laura Greiner um, and her willingness to take students um, and, and folks that are interested in swine, regardless of their experience level, and be a mentor to that individual. And I would tell you that I see that all over our industry. Not only Dr. Laura, who, who has done that, continues to do that, um, but many, many people in many, many different companies. Um, they are they are willing to jump in and mentor you. Uh, to, to teach you things that, uh, that they're aware of and really to expose you to the industry so that you can make an informed decision on if it's a, a place for you to be or not. Um, you, you know, you had the opportunity to do some mixed animal things, it sounds like, and, and you had an opportunity to go down to Dixon Springs. And I, I have similarly spent a little time at Dixon Springs. Um, I'm assuming there was still maybe a little anaplasmosis down there in the cattle, um, would be my guess that maybe my class didn't eradicate that, uh, in our attempts to, to go down and help them out. But Dixon Springs, I thought was really cool. Uh, you might take some time and kind of explain to people what that place is and what the experience is like. Yeah, so Dixon Springs is down in Southern Illinois, um, bordering and in the Shawnee National Forest. Um, so it's a beautiful location, not at all where you would really expect a, a large beef cattle research facility to be. Um, but 
what they really try to do down there is, uh, you know, they are a production, right? They're trying to, at the end of the day, they're, they're selling, producing animals, um, but they have the opportunity to do a lot of research projects, um, specifically uh, with beef cattle. Um, and it was just a really good opportunity because I was my first exposure to research um, and looking at uh, fescue and if I infected fescue um, and getting to work with the um, root, uh, cannulated steers, it's been a little mm -hmm. while. <laughs> um, so it's just a great opportunity to, to not only learn um, the labor, the physical labor that goes into caring um, for mm -hmm. livestock if you've never been around a farm, which I had not, yep. um, the labor that goes into that, and then also just the research opportunity as well and how those can um, combine and really benefit both parties. Yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous location. Um, I, uh, I grew up in, uh, in central Illinois, but in Illinois, we still call that Southern Illinois. And I similarly grew up in part of Illinois that wasn't glaciated. So it's not the kind of the prairie state that, uh, uh, that, that most people know of as Illinois. And if you ever get a chance to go to Dixon Springs, um, I think it's, uh, it's well worth the trip down there just because it's a beautiful geography, if nothing else. So fast forward now, you're in veterinary school. Um, you're, you're interested in swine because you've had some exposure to swine through Dr. Laura and, and the undergrad uh, research in, uh, internship here at Carthage. Um, you've got a couple of summers in vet school where you can take internships. And, and I remember this from my own journey. How did you find the internship opportunities and then ultimately select the ones that were best for you for those summers during your veterinary school training? Yeah, so... We have at the University of Illinois and similar to a lot of other veterinary schools, we have what's called a production medicine club. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a group or a club for students that are interested in um, production animals, you know, whether that be, uh, you know, your cattle, um, pigs. And so during that, one of a past student who had participated in Iowa State University's Swine Veterinary Internship Program, commonly referred to as SVIP, um, came and sort of talked about her different experiences that she had had in the program um, and uh, also during that meeting they talked about other internship opportunities within production medicine um, and I really thought that the ESPIT program sounded like something that I would really benefit from. Um, it's nice because um, I had stayed in contact with the people at Carthage that I had worked with um, and they actually had an open position for that following summer in the ESPIT program so I was able to um, sort of slide into that position and really transition from more of an undergrad production, getting my feet wet to more learning and diving into what is being a swine veterinarian actually look like. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned SVIP and uh, the, the S stands for swine. Were, were your classmates that were interested in other species, be it small animal or equine or, you know, bovine, dairy, et cetera, were there similar, you know, dairy vips or small animal vips? Would, did that exist in other species or is that unique to swine? From my understanding at that time, it was unique to swine. I think now they have done a beef one, but when I was in veterinary school, it was specific to swine. Um, and a lot of my small animal friends um, were very jealous of the opportunity to Get to go off site and have such a great partnership with um, a pharmaceutical company, a veterinary company, and yourself. It was just very unique and a very, very beneficial program. 
to me, it's the direct result of some very visionary leaders in the swine industry who have said that if we're going to have a future, it's going to include some students who don't come from a farm background. It's going to include the Dr. Megans of the world, right? Because the reality is people aren't growing up on farms anymore. Um, and, and we just, we're not going to be able to rely solely on people who grew up in the industry and learn from the tribal knowledge of, you know, mom to daughter or, or son to or father to son, et cetera, right? Um, and they've set up those programs to attract the best and the brightest young students in veterinary medicine. I just, I think that whole thing is, is super cool. When I was a student, um, there were some internships, but there was no formal kind of matching program to connect the dots. So you were really reliant on, on doing the legwork on your own. Um, and it was possible, but it was, it was hard to accomplish. Now, you got matched up with um, uh, some folks in that. You want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, which production system you would have spent time with, some of your mentors in that process? Yeah, so my first summer, like I'd already mentioned, I was at Carthage Veterinary Service. Um, I spent some time um, with Dr. Aaron Lauer when he would visit. I spent time with him. And then I did spend a decent amount of time with the research team still with that, um, mm -hmm. Dr. Luis Ochoa and Dr. Laura Greiner, too. Yep. Um, and that was a great opportunity. Um, and then I spent a lot of time out at High Power um, and what Mel Roth, he mm -hmm. was out there a lot. So I got to spend some time with him learning more about um, training. That was really valuable. And then the summer of 2017, I got to go out west to Minnesota and South Dakota um, out with Pipestone Veterinary Services. Mm -hmm. um, that was an awesome opportunity. I got to spend some time with um, Dr. Adam Shelikoff and Dr. Luke Minion, mm -hmm. um, just getting to learn more about their system um, and doing some more research projects with them. Yeah. That was my brother went through uh, their internship program as well, and he spoke very, very highly of it. Um, you know, I think they've had the opportunity to mentor a lot of kids and have, have produced a, a lot of good talent, uh, not only that's ended up in their organization, but that's, you know, sprinkled throughout the industry, cross-pollinating in other organizations as well. Yes, it was, it was an awesome opportunity and like my first true summer away from home. And it was, it was a really great experience. I really enjoyed that time. Um, and then the the next summer, um, I decided if I had the opportunity, I'd like to try to go with a production company because the other two companies I'd been with were, were veterinary clinics or services. Um, and so Iowa Select Farms, I was able to partner with them in 2018. Um, I, my mentor was um, Dr. Shamus Brown. And so that was a really great opportunity um, to get to do a little more legwork on biosecurity at truck washes um, and also just seeing how Iowa does it. So it was great opportunity as well. And your, uh, your relationship with the good Dr. Brown, it ended in that summer, right? Like you kind of helped <laughs> you for a month or two and you've never talked to him again. That's the way it works, right? Nope. Uh, actually, a lot of these people I've still been in contact with and they're great mentors, great people that now you see them at AASB in different meetings and it's great just to get to catch up with them and ask them how life's going. As long as our industry continues to take that approach to developing young people, right, teach them skills and then continue to be there for them as a mentor, not just for the little time block that we have to spend time together. But, you know, I, I, 
I love being kind of a, a third leg of the stool between you and, and Shamus um, because, you know, if, if, if he sees you somewhere, I'm going to get a phone call to say, hey, I saw Megan. You're taking good care of her, right? You're continuing to teach and develop her. And I just love that, right? I mean, it's um, it's a wonderful industry to be in because you you feel that people really care about you. They, they care about developing your skill set, making you a more marketable individual in your career. And they're so happy to see you get rewarded through those opportunities. Opportunities. You can't, to me, you can't find an industry who does that any better anywhere in the world than what the swine veterinary community is doing today. So let's transition now uh, a little bit, Megan, and let's talk about you're getting closer to the end of your veterinary education, right? Um, all of us that got a DVM, we fell in love with school at some point, but it's time to eventually leave the university. I know you get to do some kind of um, externship type programs during your, your final year. Talk to us just a little bit about that and then kind of connect the dots between how you can use those externships to serve as kind of two-way interviews, so to say, with potential employers if you're strategic about lining those up with people that you think you may want to work for and or they may be hiring. Right. So every vet school has a various form of a, a two-week externship that typically occurs during their fourth year. Um, and the, the purpose of those two-week externships really is to either get more information about a clinic that you're interested in possibly um, having a job with and also just exploring um, different areas in the country you wouldn't have had the opportunity to um, with the summer internship. Um, so I was pretty intentional about um, the externships that I did. I tried to do a variety of production companies and vet clinics spread throughout the U.S. Uh, to try to really get a wide gambit of options. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to spend some time with New Fashion Pork, um, Smithfield out in North Carolina. So I got to go out east. Um, that was a really, really cool. Um, PIC. So I got to spend some time with a genetic company, which was a good opportunity to learn more about that. I had, mm -hmm. had a little prior exposure. Um, Hanauer, I got to spend time um, both in Iowa and Oklahoma. So that was a good opportunity. And then I also got to spend some time with the Mashobs. So another company here in Illinois, which is awesome. Excellent. And I'd imagine that you already kind of had um, some ideas in mind of companies that were a good fit um, that you wanted to, to explore more. How do you be intentional about getting to learn about the, the, the working environment of those companies and what they might be like as an employer during that process? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think that for me, a lot of that happened um, at AASV initially. Um, so AASV is a great place to get to network with people from those companies um, and also get to talk to some of the younger, newer vets um, that you might have met through SVIP previously mm -hmm. and sort of get, pick their brains a little bit. Like, how do you like it? What, what do you like? What don't you like? What's your average day look like? Do you get a lot of mentorship? Um, to me, those were some important questions that I wanted to, to know from people. Um, and getting just to talk with some people about that. And for me personally, I knew that I wanted to stay um, in Illinois or pretty close to it. Um, so that made my um, companies a little more direct on who I was gonna be purposely interacting with. Mm -hmm. um, and with that being said, you know, networking is so important. Just keeping in contact with people that you've done internships with or um, that you see at AASV and just not being afraid to go out and introduce yourself to someone is just, mm -hmm. It's a great, great way to meet people. And, you know, they might not have a job, but they might be like, oh, hey, like Iowa Select, I heard they're hiring. Like maybe you should reach out to Shamus. Like there, it's just a great way to 
to really see what's out there. Just introduce yourself to people and don't be afraid. <laughs> what, um, Megan, what are your tips for somebody who maybe is a little bit introverted, maybe whose personality doesn't lend themselves to just making those introductions naturally? Um, and this has nothing to do with pig veterinary medicine, right? But, but mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're someone who's shy by nature, yet you know that in this situation, I need to network. You know, I've got an AASV annual meeting or some event like that, but I got a couple of days that are a golden opportunity if I take advantage of them. How, how do you recommend those folks get out of their shell for that couple of days and do that networking process that is so critical, even if it's not terribly comfortable for them? Right. And so I actually would consider myself fairly introverted and I have to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Um, so when I would do AESV, I was very intentional, very strategic about what sessions I would go to. I would look at who was speaking and if it was someone um, either from a company or just someone in general I was interested in talking to. Um, I would sit in the first five rows, make sure that I got eye contact with that speaker. Um, mm -hmm. At the end, I would come up, introduce myself, ask a question or tell them that um, so like in my third year, I was like, Hey, you know, I'm um, looking for a two week externship. Do you guys have those available? So it's more of a personal face-to-face -face interaction. Um, something that I really benefit from as well is that through SVIP, you meet a lot of, um, colleagues, other students that are across the U S and getting to reconnect with them at ASV is a great way too, because they will be like, Hey, Megan, you know, I'm interested in an internship with Carthage. I heard, you know, Clayton Johnson or Aaron Lauer. Can you please introduce me to them? And so that was another great way to facilitate some relationships and also um, reciprocate in that way. Yeah. Making one relationship with an extrovert can let you be uh, <laughs> essentially um, a vicarious extrovert through them, right? Just kind of hang out in their back pocket and they're going to social butterfly their way through the crowd and introduce you to a whole bunch of people. Right. And I loved what you said, Megan, about, you know, going and sitting in the first four rows. I mean, it's one thing to take out the program agenda and say, all right, here's the talks I want to see because I want to see these people speak. But I can assure you there's, number one, always seats available in the first four rows, right? It's pretty crowded at the back, but there's a spot in the first four rows. <laughs> number two, look at the people that are sitting in the first four rows. They are the most decorated pig veterinarians in our industry. If you go sit in the first four rows, you're going to sit next to Paul Yeski. You're going to sit next to John Waddell. You're going to sit next to people who will be huge mentors for you. And um, they will take notice of the fact that you are sitting in the first four rows. It was something that, that I instantly tried to do early in my career because there's always seats available there. And, you know, I had the opportunity to sit there and, and you know, pick the brain of, uh, of a Tim Lola. You know, I didn't know at all, but, you know, if I didn't understand a chart that was being shown, I could just say, hey, Tim, you know, what does this really mean? Or, you know, you asked this question to take me deeper on what you were thinking there. And again, the mentorship opportunities are everywhere in our industry. I never sat next to somebody in those first four rows who wouldn't answer my questions or wasn't very uh, excited that I wanted to engage in the conversation. And, you know, they, they didn't know me at all at the beginning of those, but that was a great way to, to meet some of the, the real rock stars in our industry. And I hope for any students that are out there. I mean, I, I haven't been to uh, AABP meetings in quite some time, you know, but I'm sure their meetings are the same way. Don't just go to specific sessions. Go there and sit in the first couple of rows because you will be surrounded by people who have been very, very successful and you will learn a lot from the interactions you'll have if you do that. So uh, you, uh, you had some, some job opportunities in mind. 
Um, you probably couldn't get the number one, number two, or number three on the list. So you settled for Carthage, right? <laughs> Um, and and we are very fortunate for that to have happened, Megan, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, we, we, we very much liked you during the student process. Um, the interview thing goes both ways, right? The company is always looking for those interns and externs that they're having great relationships with and trying to keep those relationships up network at AASV annual meeting and those sorts of things. So, so you land with Carthage. Talk to us about that transition. You know, you you go from taking classes one day to being a pig veterinarian and, and solving the world's disease problems the next day. How does that process work? Yeah, so that process, I think for myself and a lot of new veterinarians is a little overwhelming, right? Because you're used to having such a set schedule, like, okay, I'm in class from eight to four, I eat dinner and then I need to study, you know, the, the rest of the night. Um, and so getting out into... Um, any industry, not just the swine industry, but starting your job and trying to figure out, okay, I have some free time. Can I start a hobby now? Like those types of things for me was a, a different transition. Um, and especially with the Carthage system, I had the great opportunity to do um, a year in production. And so that was a really, really great transition period from, um, you know, being packed full of knowledge for four years and then being able to, to learn more of a hands-on nature was just very valuable to me. Um, getting to work with alongside farm team members, um, production managers. Um, that was a very valuable experience for myself because a lot of the things that you need to know as a slide veterinarian, you don't necessarily learn in classes in veterinary school. A lot of it you learned when you're on farm. And so having the opportunity to be on farm for a year was just really great. Take us deeper. What does that mean to do a year in production? Um, you know, what were the, what were the hoops you jumped through during that year? Who did you report to? Did you have any veterinary responsibilities? You know, do, do you, do you go to one farm every day, the same farm over and over? Do you move around? Talk to us about the, the specifics and logistics of that program. Right. So for this particular program, what I did, um, I reported to Sean McGinn. And so he was who I reported to. I did not have a lot of um, veterinary responsibilities during the first year. Um, if it happened to be that I was at a sow farm and one of the vets was doing a monthly herd visit, if we weren't too busy that day with production, I was able to go follow and learn and ask some questions. Um, and what my program was, everyone is a little bit, a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to go to several different farms um, and that was different farms with different disease statuses, different layouts, different locations across the U.S., um, sort of just depending on where I was needed and where we thought the best loading opportunity was. Um, and so what it seemed a trend to look out to was about one to two months on a farm. Mm -hmm. um, and it was in a different area. So I started out at our training farm um, mm -hmm. where all of our employees go. Um, and so I went through the entire um, process that a new employee would go through um, onboarding uh, and just getting transitioned into that, which is great to see like what what do people truly learn their first two weeks working for the system? People like me who might have not ever seen a sow farm before. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a good opportunity. Um, and then I got to go to different farms and um, spend time, you know, like three weeks in breeding and learn all about the breeding department. How does this farm um you know, move their sows around their snake, learning what a gestation snake is and those types of things was very helpful because you don't learn that in school. Um, you mentioned that, that, you know, that, that internship or not internship, that experience armed you with um, skills that you didn't learn in school that have been beneficial for you. What are those skills? 
Yeah, so for me, I think that it's easy when you come out of vet school to automatically have like, well, we should, we should just vaccinate the whole sow farm, right? Mm -hmm. We should do this. And if you don't have any concept on the time and the, the effort that goes into doing that, I think that it can put you at a, a disadvantage because um, in your mind, it might be the best thing for the farm, but if the, the staff can't physically do it, it, mm -hmm. it just puts you in a, in a bad situation. And so for me, it's been valuable to know like, how long should it take to do feed line? in mm -hmm. 20 rooms how long should it take to you know how quick should we do we be doing rounds um and for me something that i've learned from being in production is every time i go onto a style farm i count how many shoes are there how many people are on farm today what can we get done like what is a reasonable picture in my mind of with nine people what am i expecting to see when i walk onto the farm mm -hmm. um i think from that aspect it's been very beneficial and it also gives me a little more credibility because when I go onto a sow farm that I might have worked with those people for two or three months, they know that, um, you know, I've, I've worked, I've done, mm -hmm. I've done what they're doing and I understand what it's like and the, the, the energy and effort it takes. The practical understanding of just that, the energy and effort, and also the ability to help people that are doing a task in an inefficient way. And to say, hey, listen, I know you're getting the results, but there's a faster, better, easier way to do this. I mean, you, if you can do that with an employee on a farm, if you can show them how to get out of the barn 20 minutes earlier, because there's a faster, better way to do a process that takes them a little longer than it should. Oh, man, that employee is your buddy forever, right? I mean, when when you need to go to them and, and, uh, and ask them to do something they don't want to do, right? Implement a new biosecurity step, give another vaccine to the pigs prior to waning, right? You've built up some credibility. You, you've built up that emotional bank account, right? You've made some deposits into that shared bank account between you and that other person. And then later on, you could make a withdrawal because you've helped them before, right? You, you, they know that you're willing to put the, the, the goodie in, right? You're willing to, to share with them better ways to do it. And you have the practical experience to be credible when you suggest it. That then allows you to make a withdrawal versus, you know, one of us vets that just goes to the farm and makes a list, right? And here's the list of things that you aren't doing very well today. That really doesn't help anybody, right? Anybody can, anybody can look at a metrics report and, 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 you know, highlight the areas that aren't at target. You don't need any sort of skills to do that, right? The people that make a difference on farms are the ones that take it to that next level and don't just identify the solutions, but actually help with the implementation of the solutions. That's when we've actually added value to the farm and most importantly, added value to the people at the farm. Right. And Circling back on that a little too, Clayton, something else that was really valuable I year, learned during my production year had nothing to do with pigs. It was about people, how to, how, to, how to communicate with people, how to best get your thoughts and feelings across. Um, and just, you know, because sometimes we deal with some high stress situations with this past year with COVID, mm -hmm. um, dealing with some, some staffing shortages across throughout the whole industry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how can we accomplish everything when we only have six people today? Yeah. Um, trying to work through those things and just the, the leadership side of it that you don't learn in vet school. I thought that was extremely valuable as well. Prioritizing is huge. It's yeah. huge in a role as pig veterinarians. It's, it's, it's huge in any job. 
um, the opportunities are always greater than the resources available, right? And farming is just a constant reshuffling of the priorities, right? Every day you, you put together a plan in the morning of this is what I want to knock out, but you are constantly having things, unexpected things that go sideways on you on the day that you have to reshuffle the deck of priorities. And unless you have the practical experience of, of you know, implementing solutions, it's really hard for you to do that because you maybe can, um, you maybe can stack rank how big the opportunities are, but you don't have any appreciation for how difficult each one is to fix. And there sometimes are, are just do it fixes, right? You know, little things that we tweak and it makes it a lot better. There are other times where maybe it's a big opportunity, right? You know, if we improve this metric, it's worth a lot of, of money to the farm, but oh boy, that's a really, really hard one for us to make better. So I don't know if I'm going to prioritize that as high as maybe some just do it's that don't look as, you know, sexy and, you know, aren't, aren't maybe going to look as great on the metrics report, but they're moving the needle in the right direction and we can accomplish them with the resources that we've got. Megan, did you ever have any concern in the first year that, well, you know, I'm not being a veterinarian right away, right? You know, I went to school for all this time. I've, I've, I've got all these student loan debt, you know, things that I've built up getting my veterinary education. Was that a concern for you going into that year of production or did that ever creep up in the back of your mind, you know, as like, man, all my, all my other classmates, they're not, they're not working on a farm right now, right? You know, they're doing veterinary stuff. If it did creep up in your mind, how'd you, how'd you manage that? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point, Clayton. So I'd say the first couple of months I was pretty dedicated because, um, you know, I, I understood what I was getting into when I started. I knew I'm doing the urine production. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to learn a lot. It's going to be a great opportunity. And then I'll get to use um, some additional knowledge that I use in veterinary school and, and be a practicing veterinarian. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that about halfway through the year, those thoughts did start creeping in a little bit. Um, but, but for me, it was just really important to remind myself, like, why am I doing this? Um, you know, I'm doing this to be a, a better veterinarian in the long run. Um, and it, I, that really helped just like, why am I doing this? And also being able to talk to past veterinarians, um, and Carthage who had gone through the same program and just hearing them say how helpful it's been to their current career. Um, that really made a world of a difference. Sacrifice is often rewarded. Not always, but generally it will be rewarded. And it may be hard to see, um, you know, you may, have to, you may have to look hard to see that silver lining in the cloud of sacrifice. But for those that are willing to sacrifice, man, there are opportunities that are out there that are unique because the reality is a lot of people give up too early. A lot of people, when that thought creeps in, right, they're not going to make it the next six months because they've got that, that thought back there eating away at them. Um, but you, you see the big picture very well, Megan. Um, I really appreciate that about you. And you have the discipline to stay focused even during challenges, turbulent times, because you see that big picture. You see the vision of where you're going and you understand the pain associated with the, the joy of, of achieving your goals once you get there at the end of the day. So, <laughs> well, so what's next, right? What uh, you, you are a swine veterinarian now. Um, no, no more uh, year in production, no more internships, no more externships. Um, what, what do you want to do next with your career? What, what have all your experiences positioned you to be able to do right now, Megan? I think that's a good question, Clayton, because I found myself pondering that a lot lately. Um, I think that everything that I've done has put me in a, a great position to really do whatever I want, whatever I set my mind to. I think that I would have the opportunity um, and the resources to do. Um, right now, for me, I'm still transitioning um, from uh, 
into the associate veterinarian. Um, so last July, so July 2021 is when I um, transitioned. And for me, it's just been a lot of, um, okay, you're not doing production anymore, getting my mind wrapped around a lot more of the disease processes, um, how to help help the producers, help the farm managers when I'm not there every day. You know, I'm only going once a month for those herd visits, um, doing that. But um, some things that I'm working on personally that um, I think are part of the reason I'm working on them is because of my year in production is Spanish. I think that learning Spanish is just super valuable. Um, I took four years in high school, kicking myself, regretting not taking it in college. Um, but now having, and it's been great because um, I'm fortunate to work for a company. And I think a lot of swine companies are like this, that they, they want their people to succeed in their personal and professional lives. Um, so, you know, me being like, hey, I'm interested in learning more Spanish, being given the opportunity to um, take time out of my day to do that, um, have the company help pay for some of those things. I think that's, that's really great because you can really focus in on what would help you personally and also help the company in the long run. Um, having vets who are bilingual is so beneficial because, I mean, you can tell someone what they need to do, but if they don't understand you because they don't speak your language and you don't speak theirs, it's not, you're not being a beneficial veterinarian. That's right. Megan, um, we could talk, I'm sure, for hours and hours and hours, but I would imagine the audience probably wants us to, to wrap it up at some point. Um, it's been a joy to have you on the podcast. Um, I do want to sincerely thank you, uh, not just for this time here today, but for everything you've done for our team over the past couple of years. It's been a treat for me to, to get to know you um, ever since we met. I think it was six years ago now. Um, we kind of we showed up at Carthage right around the same time. Your, your internship, I was still living on the fourth floor at Carthage Veterinary Service <laughs> as I was transitioning onto the team. Um, it's been uh, a joy to get to know you. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure, pleasure to watch you develop. And I look forward to continuing to do it. You know, keep up your, your positive mindset. You've got an attitude that's infectious around other people, uh, can do attitude, um, the willingness to sacrifice when it needs to be. And also the, the intellectual horsepower to say, hold on guys, I don't know if we need to sacrifice this bad, right? There's maybe a better way to do some of these things. Uh, your openness to, to Spanish language, because that's what your clients need. You keep doing things like that. And I promise you, you're going to be very happy with your career in the pig industry. Thank you, Clay. I appreciate the kind words. And I appreciate working for a company that lets me follow those passions and looking forward to the next 20, 30 years as well. Uh, you and me both, my friend. All right. That'll do it for today's episode uh, of Carthage or pardon me, Swine Doc Pod with Carthage. I'm Dr. Clayton Johnson, uh, joined today by Dr. Megan Bloomer, who talked to us about her experience as a, as a modern swine veterinarian. Thank you again, Megan. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Clayton. Thanks to everybody out in our audience. Have a great day.